0: Sound Design. Live. Sound Design Live is produced independently by me, Nathan Lively in Oakland, California. Welcome to Sound Design Live. Today my guest is musician, electronic instrument maker and kickstarter Moldover. Moldover, thanks for being here. Oh, thanks for having me, Aslan. It's an honor. So, for those of you who follow Sound Design Live, you know that Moldover has been on, like, a lot. The video interview we did a year ago racked up 5,400 views on Vimeo and 2,700 plays on SoundCloud. Um, This year, he was featured in my book, Sound Design Live, talking about instrument design and MIDI. So, obviously, now he's back to talk about manscaping. So... Moldover, what's this <laughs> neck beard
1: thing you've got going on? Well, Nathan, everyone needs a trademark, and I think the manscaping thing is mine. <laughs> That's my new art, is uh, is uh, processed voice interviews. Uh, Are you just answering the phone a lot like that now? No, but I should. That would make life entertaining. Yes, I'm
0: That's what I thought you were going to do in the video. Of your for your Kickstarter campaign, you start plugging in uh, the Voice Crusher, which you're using right now. And I thought, you, and you plug it into an iPhone, and I think, oh, he's going to answer a phone call. But no, oh. you're playing music. But that would
1: be funny, dude. That's a great idea. I'm I'm actually going to do a video this weekend with all kinds of crazy ideas like that. So you just gave me one more. Thank you. That one's for free.
0: Okay, so your Kickstarter is on fire. 15 minutes ago, you were at $9,600, and I thought, wouldn't it be cool if I was the one who gave the $400 to put you over the $10,000 mark? Then I remembered that I'm poor, so I contributed $10, but when I looked just now, it was at $9,950, and let me just refresh and see what it's at right now. No, $10,400. So first of all, congratulations. Um, It's really a critical mass, and it looks like you have approached or have reached the tipping point. Um, But let's talk for a second about some of the choices that you made that got you here, because we've all seen Kickstarter projects fail. Kickstarter has a 44% success rate, um, Mm. and that's like 65,000 projects that have failed. So you ask for $20,000, which doesn't seem like a lot but it's more than 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 the average but what i want to say about that is that that's more than just your friends and family would be contributing so people outside of your immediate circles have to care about what you're doing so talk for a second about how you approach the fundraising side and what maybe some of the successes and mistakes you've made along the way
1: yeah well, well first let me say thanks for contributing that's super generous of you and i might add that like even low dollar amounts are super helpful because that's what makes things happen. Like, uh, uh, like I'm on the homepage at kickstarter.com. I'm a staff pick and that's partly because just a large number of people are donating, not necessarily like large dollar amounts, you know, there's Mm -hmm. like likes on Facebook. If you get like a thousand people to donate $1, you know, that's a thousand backers and that's huge. But, Mm -hmm. but I digress. Um, so you were asking about the, just talking about the campaign in general and the, the successes and failures and um and I guess what's making it work.
0: Yeah, I mean, did you do a lot of research? Where it was did you find out like special steps you're
1: supposed to take or I don't know, what worked and didn't? I did, yeah. I did. I mean, this is the most carefully planned project I've ever done uh by far. Um and I don't think I've made any major mistakes so far. I think I made mistakes on my last album so you know i put an album out my first one about um four or five years ago and uh um there i didn't do any kind of crowdfunding you know i produced the whole album on my own on my own dollar and i just kind of put it out there with a video um and some really cool artwork the the, the light there I and mean, artwork and just kind of cross my fingers and um that you know i think kind of points to. I don't know, not, not a mistake, but one of the shortcomings of my last album, which is just that I, I tried to do it with like little or no help from anyone else, tried to be like as self contained and DIY as possible, and then just kind of hope people would notice that I did something cool. Um, and I mean, you know, I made videos and stuff to promote it, and it wasn't like I, I had no idea what I was doing, but um, that is what I tried to change this time around. I tried to get as much help as possible and just be completely uh, unashamed about, you know to go into pretty much everyone I can think of um, and, uh, you know, even beforehand like getting help making the Kickstarter video, talking to people who had already run Kickstarter campaigns and other crowdfunding campaigns, mm-hmm. trying to learn from their mistakes. Hey,
0: learning- I'm going to jump in here for a second because Moldover goes on to talk about how much he prepared for his Kickstarter. But what I really wanted was more specific information about how he prepared. So I emailed him after the interview and he wrote me with these three tips. Number one, focus a lot of effort on a great video that tells your story. Number two, share the spotlight with your community. Show how your friends and fans are part of the story. And number three, research, research, scripting, budgeting, pre-planning, promoting, and generally
1: hustling like hell so that the story can continue. Novelty packaging for mine, it's also dipping into like... Product, <laughs> I don't know. Kickstarter actually—they made me meet the uh, additional guidelines for their hardware product design category because I mean, they've had. I, I think it's because they've had you know legal troubles because of some of their wildly successful projects like the Pebble uh, watch. I think that earned like like ten million dollars or something.
0: What is that?
1: Have you heard about the Pebble? It was. What's the it's pebble? like it was like a. It's like a little Bluetooth watch that talks to your smartphone. So like. If you don't like taking your smartphone out of your pocket, like look at your watch and it shows you like notifications and stuff.
0: I want that. Can I have my $10 back? I want to invest in that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so you just mentioned a bunch of things that I think people who who haven't looked at your campaign yet won't know about. Um, The voice crusher, the rewards. Um, Most people have been to Kickstarter, but I don't know. Explain those things so that people know what
1: you're talking about. Sure. Yeah. Um, well, the rewards is basically like trying to incentivize. I mean, a lot of people, as you said, don't understand the uh, the platform. But the premise of it is that you're just like micro investing in somebody's project. You know, and that's the basis of it. And you may or may not get something in return. It's it's supposed to be like, uh, well, you know, it depends how you how you choose to run your project. But a lot of them are like, you know, I, I want to. Make an album. I don't. I need this much money. Please give me some some money, and I'll give you the the music. You know, I'll send download or something. But then there's people like designing products, and part of what you get in return for supporting is you actually get the product. Um, and and those have gotten a lot of attention because they're they're wildly popular. You know, you can design these like niche uh, products or like wacky products, things you know that would never fly in like mass marketing. Um, but if you can find like, you know, a thousand people who want your toaster, your USB toaster, you know, um, (laughs) (laughs) Kickstarter is the place to do it. Yes. Um, so, right. And so that's what the rewards are is you basically can, uh, set up in advance. Like if you donate this much, it's just like on those old fundraising, uh, telethon things, you know, where they're like, if you fund, if you donate more than $50, go get the coffee mug and matching towel set and, you know, donate more than whatever and, so it's just that. It's like setting uh, dollar amount thresholds. And if you you know, back the campaign for more than, uh, in my case, for more than $55, you get um, this deluxe album packaging, The Voice Crusher, which is a musical instrument slash uh, USB drive. Oh, demo it for us again. Right. Okay. So uh, you're only hearing it. You can't see it. But it's a thing that fits inside of an old school cassette case. And it's got a USB drive on it and it's got a microphone so you can talk into it and it will... <laughs> um, so it's a <laughs> That's useful. Super useful. Um, it's just a fun little like sound gizmo. You know, it's a musical instrument. It's not like um, the, uh, the finest of instruments but... Um, It's really fun. I spent a long, long time trying to work out, you know, fun things you could do with a microphone, a speaker, a pitch shifter, and a whole bunch of controls. Um, So, yeah. Um, And that, that, uh, you know, was a success of my last album is I packaged it um, with an instrument, a light theremin, built into a CD case. So this was kind of revisiting a very successful uh, idea and also a cool art form, you know. I didn't do it initially as, like, a lot of people heralded it as like, oh, Moldover's marketing genius. He figured out a way to sell CDs in the digital age or the the download age, you know. But really, I just wanted to, you know, package my music in something physical that people would care about because yeah, I don't know about you, but you know, growing CDs up have
0: gone the way of the dodo.
1: Yeah, like all the physical media is gone, and it's I just feel like it's a hollow experience just to have like an MP3 download. You know, like th- there should be. Some visual art, or you know, I mean, I just love you know objects and and uh, and things, and um, and I just love having my music kind of continue in that form in some way. So that's the real reason. But you know, if 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 it uh, becomes a way to sell more records, um, I will make use of that.
0: You can find relevant links and more information about today's interview by using the search box on sounddesignlive.com. While you're there, pick up the Sound Design Live ebook with the best material from my first two years of interviews with audio industry leaders. So Moldover, the best line from your Kickstarter video is, even after we hit that goal, please keep donating. It reminds me of the story about the marketing guy whose name I can't remember now who came up with the now-famous line, if all operators are busy, please keep trying until you get through. I think we've all heard that on um, commercials that are on TV. Uh, It creates a sense of urgency, but without desperation, you know, so that way I can give you money because I want to, not because you're going to die if I don't. You need $20,000 to make the album but you'd be much better off with 40000 So can you talk about what's going on with the money and uh, what your goals are?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, th- there's two things there. One was um, basically scripting that video. I spent a long time actually um, like writing the words I would say in that video um, and, and many aspects of that video. That's, that's kind of the crux of the campaign, was making that little video to, to explain everything. Um, but yeah, I chose my words really carefully because it's a delicate a delicate thing. It's something I've been dealing with for a long time as an independent artist. But it's like, how are you going to fund your art? You know, it's a different answer for um, many different artists. But um, I think this, you know, going directly to people who are going to listen to the music and or are already enjoying the stuff that I make, you know, and getting them to basically give what they want, you know, to support my creativity. Like that, I think is just a beautiful model for. Um, for making art uh, the way that I like to. So um, so yeah, I'm um, choosing words in the video. You know, like donate was the word <laughs> I chose. It could have been, you know, invest or many other words. Um, but donate seemed like uh, the right one. And then there's also the, the this strange thing to explain. You know, one guy wrote me and was like, how much does it cost to make... A voice crusher, you know. He he was seeing it as a product, and to me, like it's mm. an art project. Like I spent nine months designing this thing, you know. And nobody's paying me for that, and I spent four years like writing this music and like designing new instruments. And yeah, you know, that's hard to put a price tag on. I don't know how you put a price tag on any of those things. Like, um, you know, that was maybe a nice thing about the recording industry is there was somehow like a standard of like what an album costs because there were stores full of them. Um, but it's a very amorphous thing now, so so yeah, so I set the the goal for the Kickstarter at twenty thousand dollars, and that means if I don't um, get twenty thousand dollars worth of pledges, I get zero money. Um, and I chose that number because I was fairly confident um, that I could raise about ten thousand dollars just you know through fans and friends and family and um, um, but you know, when I budgeted everything out, like uh, you know manufacturing these little gizmos. Um, getting new equipment I want so that I can actually produce this album on a level uh, that I want, and also you know getting getting help with it, like hiring professional sound engineers, because that's you know I'm I wear many hats, and <laughs> I can certainly do a little mixing and you know recording, but when you have somebody else dedicated to those tasks, and and I can just be uh, the performer, um, you know the artist, uh, the end results are much better, I find. Sure. So, anyways, adding up all those costs was more like like forty thousand dollars. and that's that's totally realistic budget for uh, for making a record. Um, so that's that's what I'm trying to raise. And hopefully my uh, my non-desperate <laughs> and non- abrasive, balanced way of asking will produce good results. Let's get back to the
0: gear. That's all people really care about. Let's talk about, the instruments you've been building and let's talk about the stuff you want to buy for your studio and for your live performance.
1: Sure. Yeah. I'm all about the gear. Um, which, which are you most interested in?
0: I see in the video that you've got some controller attached to your vocal mic. What is that?
1: Yeah. So in my performances, I have three custom instruments at this point. I have the Mojo, which has been around for a good, uh, four or five years now. And I have the Robocaster, which I, much completed last January. That's a guitar with some controls built into it. And the, the sort of one that's most uh, unfinished is this vocal controller. It doesn't have a cool name yet, like Robocaster or Mojo. Um, but I, you know, I spent a long time sort of like, I realized like on this album I was going to be singing songs. You know, that's what I did when I was young. And this is what inspired um, all the music on this album is, is music I made when I was a young person. So um I was gonna be singing and so I spent all this time fig- trying to figure out like, oh man, like what kind of vocalist am I? I'm am I, am, you know, what's my what's my voice <laughs> as far as vocals? And it seemed like a natural thing to start trying to play with effects, uh, because that's just, you know, that's how I play guitar and that's how I play controllers. So um so I went through all these different iterations of of adding controls to microphones and mapping those out to control vocal effects. And I've had some great successes, and it's super fun, and audiences respond really well, because, I don't know, I think um, certainly my audiences are fascinated to see things that they've never seen before, and when you can help them understand that thing, you know, through the process of performance, then they're just, like, psyched. They're like, oh, man, did you see the thing he had on his microphone? I think that was, that was controlling the harmonies, and that was controlling the echoes, <laughs> and, you know. So,
0: I guess do you have your vocal mic running through Ableton then and and the and those switches take uh, effects in and out of inserts for the vocal channel?
1: Yeah, that's basically it. I mean, oh, see um, such a good guess. I made the controller basically just a bunch of switches and they uh, um unmute and mute momentary effects um, and they're pretty dramatic things like like my favorite one is this harmony. it's like an Antare's uh, harmony harmony plugin. Mm-hmm. And it generates real-time harmonies uh, based on um, there's like pre-programmed uh, loops that I'm jamming with, and so for each section of each song, there's like background harmony MIDI notes, and so like I can instantly turn on or off like these background voices that harmonize whatever I'm singing.
0: Okay, so I saw on your list um, in your monitors, I think that's awesome. Um, I do a lot of live shows people who listen to sound design live or there's a lot of sound engineers live vocalists often have a hard time hearing themselves they're on small stages right in front of drummers next to super loud guitar amps and they need their stage monitors to be super loud and then sound engineers have a hard time giving them what they need without making a feedback and causing problems with other performers inner monitors solve a lot of those things and uh, so i think that's That's cool that you're thinking about investing in those. Are you gonna? Do you know if you're gonna try and get the molded ones?
1: Yeah, I am for sure. I talked to a lot of musicians I know who already have them, and I talked to sound engineers as well. And um, you know, everybody just spoke highly. And then I started asking about what brands and whatnot. And I did some some sort of shopping at uh, last year's NAMM show. I went around and talked to people from uh, a bunch of the major. Brands. Uh, yeah, my friends had told me that the molded ones are just so much better. So, well,
0: tell me what you learned then uh, from talking to people in Nam. Uh, well, I. What did I learn? Uh, I learned. I mean, did you pick one? Did you find the one that like had all of the things you wanted?
1: I did. Yeah. I mean, I talked to a few different companies, and that kind of gives me a vibe for like, you know, what are these people interested in? What's their angle? Whatever. And um, and Ultimate Ears was one brand where like I go to their website and I'm like, this looks really. Lame, <laughs> no, 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 and their 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 products go up to like three thousand dollars, you know, for a pair of new drivers or something ridiculous. Um, but talking to you know a knowledgeable guy, you know, one of the full time guys at the company, he was like, yeah, you know, they also had a good demo and you could listen to a bunch of their stuff. And he was like, check these out, like these are. He basically showed me the threshold between like cheap stuff and good stuff and explained that these like really expensive ones are just for people that want some crazy experience of, like, hyped uh, bass in their in-ears or, you know. Constructed or with
0: of, mouse bones.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, or, or lots of volume, you know. I don't know, there's deaf, people more deaf than me out there who just need a lot of gain in their ears. Mm. Um, so, yeah, and he was like, and, you know, I tried a bunch of them out, and, like, they're $500 molded. Um, model like sounded really good, and uh, that's totally, I think, a reasonable price to pay uh, for something like that. so, um, and you know, I tried some other things out and spoke to some other people at other companies, and I was not as impressed. so
0: um, I can't think of anything else on the list. Was there anything else that you're excited about getting?
1: Uh, yeah, well, some funny things were that I tried a whole bunch of different uh, digital audio workstations, um trying to see like you know, I'm kind of revisiting everything because it's been so long since my last album. Mm-hmm. So I tried like using Ableton as a DAW and it, it's not really designed as a DAW. I don't think it has everything I want. And I tried uh logic and I wound up going back to, to Cubase, which is what I used for my last record. Um, and it just felt kind of like going back home and it has a good balance of kind of like audio editing features that pro tools has and the more midi type stuff that, you know, logic seems to have in richness. Um, so I'm excited about Cubase, and I also got um, got stoked about the the UAD um, DSP hardware because that's always a thing. Is like,
0: yeah, I've heard of those.
1: They yeah, cool. that's another one that I used in my last record, and I started playing with some of their newer stuff and looking at the new hardware, and it uh, it appears to be awesome. So, I'd like to use that stuff again.
0: I don't really have any questions about this per se, but it's an interesting coincidence that I heard a TED talk this morning about how important tragedy is in art. And then I heard you talk about writing about your sister for this album. So I don't know if you have anything to say about that, but it's just a coincidence I wanted to point out.
1: Yeah. Um, I haven't really spoken about this in an interview per se like this before. So it's a little, it's a little strange, um, but, um, but it's a good thing to talk about. I mean, part of why I included a uh, personal personal my experience of of loss in that video was because it is uh, kind of I think really important to my art and um, you know when I was a kid uh, I was having I was having a hard time I did not have the happiest childhood (laughs) I will not get into the reasons for that Uh, but music kind of was like uh, was a therapy for me it was a way I could work out really difficult emotional issues in a in a creative and productive and and often fun kind of way, you know, and it sort of just gave me a conduit for all this really, you know, deep stuff that all human beings experience, but is often hard to, you know, communicate in in daily practical life kind of situations. Um, and I know there's other people out there that, uh, you know, people that are making music and listening to music that connect in it that way too. Um, music can be totally fun and silly and absurd. Um, or it can be, you know, this intensely profound uh, experience, you know, a really deep emotional thing, um, and uh, and the, you know, the latter of those two has always felt kind of more like my my mission is to to create music of that kind. And um, in my experience, it's artists who can kind of open up their own lives and their own experiences and express not just the experience of loss but you know of deep love and and uh, and joy. you know both ends of the spectrum of human emotion um if you can put both of those <laughs> into music i think you're creating stuff that's uh, that's gonna touch people in a way that is really important really meaningful really helpful and that's that's what i'm uh, striving to do with my music
0: Sound Design Live produces free audio podcast interviews with industry experts, product reviews of pro audio books, hardware and software, and tutorials and articles on sound engineering, sound design, and sound system design and optimization. Subscribe today at sounddesignlive.com or by searching for Sound Design Live in iTunes or SoundCloud. You've done a little bit of traveling for shows and conferences since we talked last a year ago. Um, besides the groupies and blow, obviously, are there any highlights you'd like to share?
1: Uh, yeah, well, this summer I wound up doing a bunch of like tech kind of things, some some very techie conferences. It was super fun because it's an audience that totally appreciates the the geekier the side of what I do, like you know, designing these instruments, these systems that I play with. Um, so it was kind of cool to get this new audience that appreciates what I do. Um, and I also went to the Netherlands for this hacker event and and that that was like this year has been a lot about me exploring hacker maker culture, which is really a fascinating new movement. and you know I still I, I don't think it's you know I'm gonna dive super deep into it. Um, but uh, I think That's it's funny
0: it's, to hear you talk about it that way because from my perspective, you are it. So it's funny I that am. you think like you're an outsider.
1: Well, any, you know, any culture, like, there's there's people who just get so, so super deep into it. Um, yeah. Oh, okay,
0: so you go there. You went to the Netherlands to that hacker fair, and you're like, yeah, I'm a hacker. And then you met the real <laughs> hackers, and you're like, shit, I'm not a,
1: I'm not like that. Damn. Exactly. Well, you know, these are people that, like, write assembly code or, you know, or they know all the... These are, like, you know, the Edward Snowdens out there <laughs> and the, just doing... Doing really deep or stuff with security and who knows what. So, um, yeah, but uh, but it's an exploding culture and there's a lot of people doing really creative stuff with it.
0: So if you want to hear my original interview with Moldover, go to sounddesignlive.com and search for Moldover. Oh, and you should definitely go to contribute to the Kickstarter. Um, that's at moldover.com and it's on his. It's on the very front page if you go there. Or you can just go straight to Kickstarter.com and search for Moldover. If you're on the fence about contributing, realize that by giving just ten dollars, you get the entire finished album, which is completely worth the money. And if you think about it, you're sort of just pre-ordering your own Christmas present. Merry Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) Sound design. Hey hey hey, this is Nathan. Thanks for listening to the show. If you've enjoyed this episode of Sound Design Live, rate it Rated. on iTunes or send it to a friend. Sound Design.